Hi, this is Bob Bostock, and welcome to Discover DEP, the official podcast of the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. Each week, we talk with DEP experts about how we protect and preserve New Jersey's air, water, land, and natural and historic resources. So that you'll never miss one of our podcasts, please subscribe to Discover DEP on iTunes or Google Play. You can also follow DEP on the web at nj.gov DEP. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy our podcast. Welcome to another edition of Discover DEP. Today, we are joined by David Glass, DEP's Deputy Commissioner. As Deputy Commissioner, David serves as second-in-command for DEP. He is responsible for continuing the agency's successes in developing and implementing policies that balance strong environmental protection, economic growth, and common-sense solutions to environmental issues. Dave, thank you for joining us once again. Gladys, thank you for having me in the studio. Let's start by asking, what is your role as Deputy Commissioner? Well, as Deputy Commissioner, I serve as second-in-command to Commissioner Bob Martin. So it's a little bit of everything. There are programs that report directly to me, which we can discuss, as well as high-level policy issues. And of course, that day-to-day emergency that may come up at any moment, 24-7. So what DEP offices do you oversee? I have four main offices that I oversee. The first is the Office of Environmental Justice, and that's a great program. They focus on making sure that environmental issues within our urban communities are at the forefront here at DEP. So they work with our 75 regulatory programs, as well as serve as a main part of our Environmental Justice Advisory Council. And that's a great council as well that advises us on issues related to environmental justice community issues. And they really do a tremendous job. And it's been a lot of phenomenal work. Yes, we recently had them as guests on this podcast, and they're just so incredible, the work that they do. What else do you oversee here at DEP? I also have the Division of Information Technology, so that's our entire IT program. So as you can imagine, DEP with 2,800 employees, managing 800,000 acres, field offices, they're a busy unit, and they've done a tremendous job over the past eight years or so of really upgrading the IT here at the department. You know, When I came in, as far as our employees, probably under 100 or so had smartphones. Now upon leaving, we're close to 900 of our employees have smartphones. So sounds like a simple thing, but again, DEP in this day and age is a 24-7 operation. So we want to make sure that all of our key decision makers, emergency responders, law enforcement, forest fire service are connected 24-7 so they can respond to any sort of issue. In addition, we've really made it a point to upgrade our technology as far as the permitting process. Mm-hmm. Mr. Martin, you often hear him joke when we came in, there were just boxes of boxes of papers everywhere, all over the place, because everyone was submitting everything in paper. And this is 2010, so it just seems surprising to see that amount of paper. So in working with our director of IT, Pete Tenebruso, he and his team have done a tremendous job of upgrading from paper submissions to online submissions. And in fact, past eight years, we've upgraded over 80 online licenses, renewals, permits that the public can now use, because that's what people are used to using now is being able to submit information via the internet and through web portals and and smartphones. So DEP needed to modernize in that sense. So I also understand that you oversee the Office of Emergency Management. Can you tell us a little about that? So they do a tremendous job. Again, another 24-7 operation. They do two major things. First, there's the 24-7 
Warren DEP hotline. So we have first, we have a call center at day or night, seven days a week, any holiday, it could be, you know, Thanksgiving at 2 p.m. You can call and somebody will be there to report an environmental emergency. And again, under this administration, you can always do it via telephone. It's 1-877-WARN-DEP. But we've also, through our IT department and doing some crossover work with emergency management, have created the WARN DEP app. So again, for non-emergency situations, of course, always call 911 for an emergency, but non-emergency situations for an environmental in nature, you can actually submit this information to us via smartphone app. You can download it on Google Play. It's WARN DEP. And again, it's just another resource. That's one part of it. The other major part is we have emergency response team. So when you hear about fuel tanker trailer that overspilled on Route 287, our guys are out there on the ground with your local and county emergency response coordinators to make sure that the proper environmental protections are being put in place. Because of course, when there's a fuel spill or something of that nature, you put out the fire first, but our guys will go out there and do the track down to make sure that that fuel didn't run off into a storm drain. And that storm drain leads into a local stream that may impact wildlife. So it's really a critical 24-7 operation for our emergency responders. And there have been all sorts of issues that they are involved with, and, and they do a top-notch job every time. Yes, I understand that they're also involved in weather-related incidents and just always on the lookout for anything that can come up. Yeah, New Jersey, in our climate zone, we get a little bit of everything. And under this administration, we've experienced superstorms, hurricanes, blizzards, you name it, nor'easters, you name it, we've been through it. And emergency management does a tremendous job, as well as emergency response. And smaller program, but just as important, we have our unexploded ordinances unit within emergency management. So go back many decades, you know, World War One era into World War Two. There may be unexploded ordinances in certain areas. So we have a unit here that coordinates with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to track down and ultimately find and either explode in place or remove unexploded ordinances that may be part of our military past here in the state. So is that still common, finding these explosives? Yes, it is. Think about past practices, and obviously this is not the practice now, but going back, again, World War One era, Oftentimes, the practice was removing unexploded ordinances out to the ocean and letting them sort of drop out there. And lo and behold, decades later, sometimes you find them again. You find them again, and not good for the public. So we have a unit that works on that, and they do a phenomenal job. So, Dave, it sounds like this administration really went out of their way to leverage technology and bring DEP into the modern era. What else have we done to help the public get what they need? That's a great question, especially for. The regulated community, and then think about even your single-family homeowners that have questions of DEP and the need to apply for permits, something we've implemented and brought back was the Office of Permit Coordination and Environmental Review. Again, DEP is 75 unique programs. So if you're coming in for the first time and you're not exactly sure where to go and you may need a land use permit, maybe you need a water permit, there could be a site remediation issue, you can actually utilize this office And it's almost your one stop for all of your permitting needs. And they'll come in and explain exactly the process because sometimes you need multiple permits for a project. And it's a great service for the public to have. And it's not lessening any environmental protections. It's just bringing clarity to a regulatory process. And it's really been a great service. And I know not only the regulated community, but again, just even your single family homeowner, have found it a great benefit to be able to utilize this office because, again, it's bringing common sense to government. As Deputy Commissioner, what would you consider to be a good day? 
Every day is a good day. I mean, really, it's a tremendous job here at DEP. When you think about our 2,800 employees, we touch all aspects of the state. Land use permitting, improving water quality, improving air quality, all of our state parks, our Fish and Wildlife Service. It's really what I found most heartening from coming in with this administration from day one is the level of professionalism and experts that we have in this building. Any issue that you have related to the environment, we have a subject matter expert, not only subject matter expert, probably a PhD scientist who also knows about it too. So the wealth of knowledge in this building really been tremendous. As you said, there's so much that this department touches on, and I'm sure every day you come in, it's a new challenge and something different. But what would you consider one of your greatest challenges here at the department? You'll probably hear from most of the folks who worked here during the time, Sandy. Without a doubt, Sandy was the greatest challenge, and not just for a day, but the one for months and years, the recovery and rebuilding effort. Going back, I, we have a whole set protocol government, and I give Governor Christie tremendous credit for making sure his cabinet was organized pre-storm, during the storm, going to the Regional Operation Intelligence Center by state police day after day, and continuing to make decisions in our recovery. But it was also one of the greatest challenges as an organization, and really our response and ability to respond, I really think was possible because when we first came in, we undertook an ongoing transformation effort. One of the criticisms of this agency when we took office is that there were too many silos. And again, with 75 unique programs running in different directions against each other, counteracting each other. And something we really worked hard at was breaking down those silos and having a more cohesive DEP. And it really paid off. I mean, the, the legwork we started in 2010 paid off a short time later when Sandy hit because we were able as an agency to pivot quickly and drop all the other things we had to work on and really dedicate our time and effort to helping the residents of New Jersey recover from our greatest natural disaster. Tell us a little bit about your background. What did you do before coming to DEP? Well, before coming to DEP, I worked for Congressman Leonard Lance, a member of Congress from New Jersey's 7th Congressional District. What led you to work at the EP? After Governor Christie won 2009, I was still working for Congressman Lance, and then Commissioner Bob Martin reached out to me and asked if I had an interest in coming to the Department of Environmental Protection. And while it was bittersweet to leave the congressman's office, it was a tremendous opportunity my background is I born and raised in Warren County, grew up fishing, recreating in our state parks. And when I saw the opportunity sort of come full circle, because I'll never forget growing up as a kid, one of our trout stocking locations was right across the street from my parents' house where they still live. So I remember DEP in that sense of fish and wildlife and right down the road was our Rockport pheasant farm. So I really thought about it. It seemed like the right decision, almost full circle. I'm having experienced DEP as a child going to our parks and everything getting to work for the agency seemed like such a great opportunity. And were you always the deputy commissioner or how did you start out? Uh, since the beginning of time, I was deputy commissioner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I came in as uh, deputy chief of staff 2010. And my primary responsibility, which was a great learning opportunity to start at the department, was working primarily with the state legislator and members of the federal delegation on policy and legislative issues. So it was really a crash course in all things DEP, because every or just this session alone, for example, 9,600 bills have been introduced, over 300 have been signed into law. So it, it keeps you busy of all the DEP-related issues that are discussed in the legislature. So it was really a great starting point to build that base of getting to work with all of our programs, all of our professional staff when issues came up in the legislature. Then in 2014, I was fortunate enough to be named deputy commissioner, uh, where I worked on uh, the issues we discussed prior. You also oversee the Division of Science, Research, and Environmental Health. 
Can you tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. They, they do a tremendous job led by Dr. Gary Buchanan. And those are top, many of them are PhD scientists. They have masters in their particular field. And they oversee many things. They really provide the research arm to our 75 unique programs here at DEP. In addition to that, they oversee and keep track of our trend reports. So if you're a member of the public and you want to know, how is the environment in New Jersey doing since the creation of DEP in the 70s to today, um, you can actually go there and you'll see, and it's not just this administration, but past administrations as well, really focus on the issues of cleaning up the air, land, water, natural resources of our state. And there are clear trend lines and positive results in all of those areas. Take, for example, bald eagles. You know, in the 70s, we were down to one nesting pair of bald eagles in the state. Now there are hundreds. Even NJ.com a week ago reported a bald eagle in Bayonne. Think about that, bald eagle in Bayonne. And they're all over the state. And it just shows you it's an indicator that the trend in New Jersey is trending positive. And many from the outside of our state, their experience in New Jersey may be flying into an airport on their way to New York City or wherever they're going. And you may not be able to see all the beauty that is New Jersey, really the Garden State. And it's really tremendous resources here here uh, indicated by the trend reports. Uh, Those trend reports are a real measure of uh, how our environment is doing. If you look at our trend reports on our website, you can see that the environment is really improving. What are some reports that stick out to you? As I mentioned, as public, when you go look, look especially at the air toxic trend reports, the water quality trend reports, and then our natural environment. I mentioned bald eagles, osprey, deer population, although some people may not want to see it as high. Those are always indicators of how species are reacting to the natural environment and always a good indicator of is the environment trending positive or negative. Of course, there is a link of those trend reports on the description of this podcast. Well, I'd like to add one more thing regarding Division of Science. They also work on cutting-edge research. Recently, we put out announcements regarding PFCs, perfluorinated compounds, PFOA, PFNA, and Division of Science has a lot of the research and literature review to help the department ultimately come up with standards. And I'm proud that New Jersey has some of the, if not the toughest standards for those compounds that impact our natural environment and will be setting cleanup standards. And all of that work is, again, done by our top-notch scientists within the Division of Science. What other initiatives have you undertaken to improve DEP's presence? One thing I realized in examining when we first came in is that DEP does a lot of great work, but we do not always tell the story as best as we can. And there's always the traditional outlets of your newspapers, uh, your print media, radio, television, but we were really missing a segment of social media. And one thing we've really worked hard on is creating our footprint spreading on social media. And under this administration, we've started with Facebook, not only with individual programs like State Park Service, Fish and Wildlife, Compliance and Enforcement, Water Resources, but we've also branched off into Instagram as well, because again, that's how people are interacting. Not everyone's always going to sit down and watch the six o'clock news to find out what's going on every day. The news cycle today is a 24-7 news cycle, so DEP needed to do a better job of reaching people at that level. Right now, we're on a podcast. Again, another level of how to tell our story and what's going on and what people need to know about DEP. Just launched a DEP YouTube channel. Again, another way for the public to find out what's going on. And some of it's fun. I mean, the outdoor stuff is cool. There's trail videos. We partnered with Intern over the summer. He was able to shoot drone videos at eight of our state parks. So again, just visually appealing videos that draws the public in because we know how beautiful our resources are. But again, it's getting that message out to the public. And again, making it easier to interact with DEP. So we sell uh, hunting and fishing licenses. We've recently provided those tools to Fish and 
wildlife that they can sell and print licenses in the field with uh, iPads. And it's so much easier for the public. With credit card readers, you can go up when we're at events. If you see us, we'll be able to sell you licenses right then and there. You don't no longer have to go and fill out a form online and in a couple weeks get it. It's providing the upgraded technology that people expect when you're dealing, you know, again, we're not going to be the private sector here as far as those upgrades, but there's definitely more we could do here that we have done to provide our message to the public. And in addition, we try to get innovative in how we market our message. So here's a really great example building upon the drone videos. Through some contacts, we're able to reach out to the band Fish and get an agreement from them that we can use their music on our drone videos. And it was really, really fun to see when we first posted. We have a drone video of High Point State Park. When we first posted it, we had about 700 views. And once we added Fish music to the background and got the word out, Within a couple of days, we went from 700 views to 8,000 views. And again, just being innovative, and I give full credit to Jeff McMullen from my office for coming up with this idea. We're able to just sort of get out there and really, this is government and government has a perception, but also there's not there's a, a fun side. There's a fun side to government as well. And we have some really cool stuff at DEP and great resources that we manage. And it doesn't always have to be so your vision of government. It, it's about taking it to you know our next generation of environmental leaders that are out there and starting to reach them now about the great things that are going on at TEP. Speaking of the next generation, as I understand you had a intern start out these drone videos, what else are you involved with? Are you involved in mentoring or volunteering at DEP? Yeah, a couple of different things. One thing we started is a new employee orientation program at DEP. So over time, you know, in training, it's always easy to go to online training modules, but you realize there was that disconnect. Sort of tested, I called upon a meeting of new employees at DEP that were here six months or before and sat down with them to find out what do they know about the agency beyond just their view of their you know their program and thinking about transformation and realized that they weren't getting the full training of everything that they needed to know as a new employee. Ultimately, what's DEP's mission? So one thing in reaching internally with our new generation of leaders coming in was new employee in-person training and also the importance of customer service training. We've really preached that throughout this administration and it's easy. It doesn't mean the answer to the public will always be yes, because that's easy, but it's about how do you effectively communicate because we've all had bad customer service experiences experiences with government or the private sector. And it's about how do you communicate effectively to the public? And if the answer is a no, how do you treat everybody with respect? Because ultimately, we truly are public servants. I mean, it's the taxpayers paying our salaries. We have an obligation to provide top-notch customer service. But in addition to volunteering, it's easy to get in your day-to-day routine and anything you do in life. And something we've really pushed as well under this administration is getting out into the communities where we work, serve, regulate. We've had a lot of great partnerships under this administration. Just last week, I joined our water team with the city of Irvington and their health department and the mayor was there. And we went door to door in one of their wards, educating the public on what they can do to reduce the potential risk of lead in drinking water. Again, just interacting with the public face-to-face. We have volunteer events like the Barnegat Bay Blitz, where we have teams in 37 municipalities cleaning up debris on a day-wide blitz. We have partnership with Groundwork Elizabeth, where it's a nonprofit farming organization where they teach urban communities how to grow locally so they can get access to fresh and healthy produce. And even here in Trenton, we partner with the Salvation Army. We just put up an angel tree to help Trenton area families provide gifts for those families in this area. And we hope to fill 240 tags this year, which would be a new record for us. So it's not just doing your day-to-day job, but again, being keeping the idea of being a public servant in mind, getting out into the community and helping it wherever you can. Dave, you sound like you have a pretty busy schedule every day. I appreciate having you here today to tell us about it. 
Thank you, Gladys. It's been a tremendous opportunity here at DEP. I've cherished every moment of it, and I know eventually when I'm no longer here at DEP, I know I've built many great relationships, and at the end of the day, I feel like I've helped make a positive change for the state's environment. for listening to Discover DEP. If you have comments on the podcast or ideas for future podcast topics, please email us at podcast at dep.nj.gov. Enjoy the rest of your day.